Okay, it is it is good to be uh, gathered together all. Uh, everybody that could make it, and hopefully in the future we'll, we'll have even uh, even more here join us. I I I believe, and you're going to hear this throughout. I believe as we open up to the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, that this is it's very important uh, because what we're really doing, I, I don't want to mistake uh, what we're about here, but we're opening up the Bible to the key doctrines of the Bible, kind of beginning to end, and we're focusing in on uh, one by one on those, uh, those doctrines. So again, very important, something that we all uh, need, and the more that we do this, the more we're going to grow in our knowledge of, uh, of the Lord, the more we're going to walk day by day uh, knowing the Lord. And so very important. Uh, and it's great to, to have uh, you know, entire families here together as well. Um, we're, we're going to get the kids involved uh, as much as possible. I'm not used to, to doing this kind of thing, but uh, we're going to walk through it together. So let me say a word of prayer and then, uh, then we'll jump right in. Father, we thank you. Uh, for the truth of your word. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us a rock upon which we can stand. Thank you that, that this is not just something that is, uh, is external to us, that it's, it's out there, it's perhaps good to know, it's like other books that we can learn and we can, we can uh, grow from it uh, a little bit in mind, maybe a little bit in heart, but this is the very word of God and this is foundational to our very lives. Uh, the, the, the truths that we need in order to have salvation, in order to walk with you, in order to be used in this world by you, in order to, to grow as families, uh, in order for uh, children here to, to, to grow and to develop and to answer the big questions of life, uh, and on and on. All of that is needed by what we're going to be going through here as we walk through the confession. And so therefore, Lord, we pray for your help. Uh, we pray that uh, you will uh, help us to come and to understand and recognize the importance of these things. And uh, we pray that you'll help to build those into us. Uh, and uh, help us, therefore, not just as individuals, nor just as families, but as a church, to live in this world, to walk in this world, uh, in the ways that you've designed uh, more and more. And therefore, to truly be the people of God, to be a shining light on a hill uh, to those who are around us, uh, to live lives rooted by joy, joy that can only come from the gospel and from knowing Christ. And so we do, we pray for your help uh, this morning. Uh, we thank you. Thank you for bringing us together this morning. Thank you for the ways that you've provided for us. Uh, and we look to you. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, I've got just a few notes uh, up front, a couple of administrative items, um, and the first thing, the weekly schedule, so every week uh, we're going to be in here, gathered together, 9.30 to 10.30, and I will do my best to, to end right about 10.30 so that we can have a, a break and have some time before we go to worship. A um, couple of things, there are 33 chapters in the Confession. That's, that's a lot uh, when you really begin to dig in. Uh, some of these are going to take longer than others. So I, I just want to state up front, we're gonna, the first chapter, which we will probably start not next week, but the following week. This week we're going to focus primarily on what are confessions, creeds, why? Why do we use them? Uh, a lot of the world uh, questions that. A lot of the church questions that uh, today. 
Um, so we'll deal with that. And then history as well. We may get into some of that today. Uh, and uh, we'll talk about the history of the confession. It is an interesting history. Um, so uh, hopefully we'll, we'll start just a bit of that. But I don't want you to think that when we get to the first chapter of this, which is Scripture, and we spend a number of weeks on this, that we're going to spend that long on, on all 33 chapters. Uh, because that would take us, what, somebody do the math, a uh, few years, I think. Yeah. No, we're not going to do that. Uh, but the first section on, on Scripture is foundational. It is important. And so it's going to take us some time to, to work our way uh, through it. Um, uh, we will pick up the next week, wherever we left off the week before. I'm not going to try to, to make each each lesson perfectly compact. I have a tough time with that, uh, of making sure we, we begin at the beginning of uh, chapter such and such and, and end at a certain spot, uh, although I am going to try to move us along the uh, best I can, so I'll be expecting that. One thing, I, I'm trying to record this. I don't know how well, it's just on my phone, I don't know how well it's going to pick up some of the questions here. I think it will some, uh, but we'll see, but I, I may have the classes available online, so if you miss one, I would encourage you to go there. The materials will be there, um, and 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 listen to it and keep up. And I think as you as we go along and, and we get into some of the specific doctrines, the specific areas, you will be motivated to do that, uh, to spend time uh, if if you're not available uh, or able to be here. Um, books and materials, you've got you've got the materials. Uh, I will pass out a separate note, uh, set of notes. Each time we come to a new section, so scripture, there's going to be one set, and then uh, we talk about uh, God uh, on the next, and God's decrees, and, uh, so there will be another set that comes out uh, as well. Um, I do want to mention, uh, Lynn just asked the question, have I read all these? And the answer is no, but uh, I, I, we, we've got a lot of resources in the Bible. I forgot to check, I think related to our standards. Our uh, confessional standards, we call them, so creeds, confessions, uh, understanding God's word out of what's come to us through history. We've got something like 40 books in, in the library related to that. I put here, and you can check them, look at them after class, and, and please feel free to check these out. Uh, in other words, don't just check them out, but check them out out of the library. Um, <laughs> Uh, I, I still have to get the sheet for checking out uh, from the library. But uh, look at these afterwards. Some are, uh, they, they really are excellent. And I'll just highlight a couple of these books. Well, actually, the first one is this one. It's uh, the kids' book on uh, contending for the faith. It's about the uh, Westminster Assembly that we're going to be talking about, the history. A lot of what we're going to cover in history is covered in here. It's a children's book, but it's an outstanding kind of overview of the, uh, the, the assembly and the, uh, the work that they did, uh, all that they went through during that time in history. So, again, we'll look at that. This is uh, a little bit thick it's by R.C. Sproul. Uh, it's called Truths We Confess, Systematic Exposition of the Westminster Confession of Faith, what we're looking at. Excellent. Outstanding. You want, and many of you here know uh, how Sproul was able to just take topics and, and make them plain, make them simple. I'm trying to use this as much as we can, <laughs> so I can uh, try to do the same. Uh, and many other books. This is kind of a standard uh, when it comes to the Confession by G.I. Williamson. 
And uh, you may know he's done one on the uh, shorter catechism as well, uh, larger catechism, there, there's uh, one as well. So, um, again, very, very good. He's uh, in the OPC, uh, Orthodox Presbyterian Church, uh, and several others up here. Uh, let me just note one more. This is not on the confession per se. This is Creeds, Confessions, and Catechisms, a reader's edition. So if you, if you want to know about some of the other creeds and confessions that we have, which are excellent, we'll talk about that in the history part. Uh, this is a good, uh, good resource to have. Uh, and I could go on and on, but uh, I'll let you look at those and uh, uh, take a pick. Um, so this section, do we need and why do we need creeds and confessions? Uh, and the first item I've got there is written versus unwritten confessions. Let, let me ask first, uh, do any of us here have, uh, or do we differ, do you think, that if you take this group of people here, do we differ in some of what we believe to be true or what we believe the Bible to be teaching? Do we differ at all across the... The answer is yes, we, we do. Uh, now, you might your gut reaction might be, no, we don't differ. But the fact is, we do, especially when you begin to dig in and think about all the different, uh, the, the different things that are covered here, uh, from the smallest minutiae up to very large items. We do differ. The question is, how? And how do we know where we differ? And have we really worked through some of those things, especially the important ones? Have we worked through? And how are we to know? Well, uh, if we have the Bible, we want to be reading through it. So if you, if you do a Bible reading plan, you read through the Bible in a year, that's outstanding. That's what we need to be doing. But even then, uh, you, you're until... Until you have something that is that, that takes a certain doctrine, I'm going to use that word a lot, a certain truth, uh, a, a key teaching of the Bible, uh, and, uh, and that might be on marriage, let's say. And you go all the way through the Bible and say, what does the Bible, the whole Bible, say about marriage? Until you do that, uh, you're probably going to be developing some of your own ideas and putting them together with what you know that the Bible says as well. Uh, and that's what we do. That's what we have to do. Yet when we have a, a written confession, it helps us not to just do that. But it helps us to, to see what's in the, uh, what's in the, the, the uh, text. Uh, I, I'll just say up front that every, every uh, church is confessional. That may sound strange, but every church is confessional. Not every church has a, a written confession that they turn to, but they're confessional. It may be unwritten, uh, in which case what we have here is not, uh, is not seen on a regular basis. And maybe it, on certain doctrine, uh, uh, let's say uh, how we believe that revelation comes to us. You know, I had a dream last night, and uh, in that dream there were certain things, and and I'm going to take that and run with it today because I believe that that dream was from the Lord. And he is telling me to, you know, X, Y, or Z, whatever it might be. So that may not come out until maybe with a pastor, until 
three or four or five years into his teaching, and then he says something from the pulpit, and somebody kind of cocks their head and says, well, wait a second. So that's what he, he holds uh, the Bible to, to say about Revelation, that uh, my own dream is authoritative, and I can take it and, and run with it. And so I'm just making the point that we all have a confession, we have a summary, we have an understanding of what the Bible says and what God has spoken. Uh, but the question is, is it written down? Uh, and can we show it to others or can we show it to ourselves with leaders within the church who are doing teaching? Can it be tested? Uh, and, and can it just be shown up front so that it's known, okay, this is what this person believes and doesn't? Uh, and so uh, maybe the confession is there, but there are certain statements that are written out uh, that say, you know, I don't completely hold to this. There are areas in which I differ. Uh, and so that's that gets to the value of having a, a written confession. Now, uh, Christians are called to be able to, to say what we believe to be true. Why? Why is it important to know what you believe about God? That's one of the questions on the, on the children. What? So you could share the news with other people. Okay, good. And, and if we need to know what we believe if we're going to be able to believe it. Okay, good. You're going to be able to believe it? We need to, we need to know what it is that we believe, right? And we need to know what we believe in order to be able to test it and see if it's right, right? And that's, that, that's, that's, that's what we're doing, really. As we're, as we're walking through, we're, we're testing what we believe about certain things and seeing if that's, does that line up with what the Bible seems to say about, uh, about that. Anybody else? Why is it important to know what we believe? For the reason. God tells us in His Word to know what we believe. We're, we're commanded. That's exactly, that's a good reason. Uh, even though, you know, we don't want to... Uh, with with all of our Christian life, we don't want to say, "Well, God commanded it, therefore I got to do it." Uh, but if we love the Lord, we want to hear what He commands, and we know that it's good for us. And so we we do those things, even when we don't understand them fully, and we look to come to greater and greater understanding. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that greater and greater understanding, greater and greater understanding, God revealed Himself. That's absolutely. That's right. You know, uh, as we get to the confession, and how about we do this now? Um, like, I, I don't. This is an old copy of what you've got, okay? Or, or those of you who got one, and it doesn't have. I, I hated this. It doesn't have a table of contents in it. Let me see. One of them I had written out a table of contents, and one copy I had, but maybe it's not here. But anyway, turn to the table of contents and just look briefly at its you know first couple of pages. Uh, look briefly at what uh, at what is in here. Let me make a comment real quickly about these books. These books, the confession. It may look a little strange when you start using it. You open up a little further beyond the table of contents. Uh, like here is the, the, the very first page of Scripture, uh, the, the statements on Scripture. And I look at it, and it looks like a mirror. One side is a mirror of the other. It's not an exact mirror, but uh, like you see on the front, on the, on the right-hand side is going to be copy the modern English study version. 
Uh, and on the other side is, is simply the, the, the original version, or you know, we'll talk about the, the different versions there, but uh, the original version. So it's got some, some, more, some older language. We're going to use the older language one, believe it or not, as we go through, and there are certain reasons for that. But if you, you'll notice that the modern English side doesn't have that many differences in it. Uh, it it's not that hard to, uh, to understand the original. We're going to use that uh, for, the, for the most part, although I'm going to try to break it out and make it plain uh, for us. But just as you go through, each page that you turn to is a mirror. One page is a mirror of the other. Okay? Everybody understand that? Get that. I don't want everybody to be confused. But if you look at the table of contents, uh, you'll notice there it talks about first of Holy Scripture, and then chapter two of God and the Holy Trinity, and then you got to get a little further on. We're going to talk about uh, creation and providence, and, uh, and we'll talk about all those what they what they mean uh, as we go through. But then eventually it gets to uh, to Christ and to, uh, to to who is the Lord Jesus uh, into the fall and sin uh, and and you'll notice as we go through that it's it's really walking through uh, in, in the way that the Bible walks through it and the way that we need to, to walk through it uh, that it first introduces Scripture then uh, God the Holy Trinity and then it gets into uh, dealing with us, man, with fall, that we're fallen, and then salvation after that, and then living the Christian life after that. It's structured that way for a reason, but something that Garth just brought up uh, reminded me, um, they had to make a decision. Do we start with Scripture, or do we start with God? Now, how would you, if you were writing this, how, what would you do? Would you start with Scripture, or would you start with God, and why? Okay. In the beginning, there you go. That's a great point because, uh, and, and she picked the right one too. That's what it starts with. If the, uh, the Westminster divines their call, the pastor and theologian start with the scripture. I think that's a good way to go. But um, so what what uh, Ellie said is exactly right. You know, this is where we learn about God, and we'll talk about we, we learn about God by looking around us. As well, creation by looking at another person by our own consciences, uh, but it's scripture that we learn the foundational concepts, and we learn that we're uh, we're a bit tweaked, that uh, we're, we're corrupted, that we don't understand uh, real well because we're fallen creatures, we're sinful, uh, and so I, I'm the same way. I would start with scripture. A lot of people would say, "No, you start with God," because this is all about God. Well, I will say it doesn't matter in a sense. Because if you read through this section on Scripture, you're going to learn a lot about God. Uh, so through it, obviously, uh, the two are, are very close in nature. Once we start looking at Scripture, immediately we're faced with who is God, uh, and what has He done, and what has He given us, and uh, and who are we follows on quickly after that. But uh, but that's uh, uh, I, I appreciate that, uh, Ellie. I'm thinking along the same lines there. Um, so, what you will find with a confession, it starts with Scripture. What you will find with a lot of other confessions, creeds, it's a mixture. Some start with God, and some start with uh, Scripture. And both uh, both make sense. Okay, uh, 
I, I want to turn just to a couple of passages of Scripture. So if you've got a Bible there, and I would ask the two things you need to have with you when you come, if you can, a copy of the uh, Confession uh, that you've got here or that I will get you, because I, obviously I need to get more of these, um, and uh, uh, a Bible. And your translation is up to you. Um, so... Let's turn to, you can see it there, Titus 1.9. So 1st and 2nd Timothy, Titus. Titus 1.9. Let me get somebody who's, who's got it open. Nathan, you got it open? You read that? Titus 1.9. One verse there. Okay, and he's speaking here about the overseer, the elder, uh, and saying uh, he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught. Uh, so there is a teaching that's right. There is an understanding that's right. Uh, and he must be able to give instruction, therefore, in sound doctrine. You'll see, and uh, we were to go through all these passages, we won't. Uh, but uh, again and again, sound doctrine. Rebuke those who contradict it. Uh, go on, Nathan, read uh, chapter 2, verse 1. Short. But as for you, each word according to sound doctrine. Okay, and then goes on and talks about the different divisions within the, within the body or the different uh, uh, people within the body. And, and this is what follows out of that. Uh, but as for you, Titus, uh, Paul says, teach with sound doctrine. Uh, there is that which is, is right. You need to know uh, what what it is that's right, what you believe, and then teach out of that. Um, turn to to Ephesians. Maybe, maybe we'll make this the last one. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. This is a, a fairly, for many, maybe a fairly familiar um, passage. Ephesians 4, a little bit longer, 11 through 14. Mark, you got that? And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children, tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Okay, uh, we'll, we'll stop there. It's hard to stop there. But, but this says we're going somewhere. As a church, we're going somewhere. We, we, we are growing. We're maturing. Uh, and that's that's the intent. That's what we must be doing. Uh, but in order to, to not... What, what, what does he mean so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves, carried about by every wind of, of doctrine? He's not, uh, he's not saying something bad about children here, uh, necessarily. But what is he saying? What, what are we to avoid to 
Okay. Continuing to be immature in our faith and not knowing what we believe and why we believe it. And therefore, and he's making the point clear here, that has, that has real meaning in life, in daily life. Because we're over here one minute, and, and we're thinking in one way, we're living in one way, but wait a second, uh, somebody shares something else with us, and we're over here in the next minute, and we're doing the opposite. We're living in an opposite way. Uh, we don't know really what we believe to be true and what is true. And so that's, that's exactly right. There's, there's a lack of maturity there. And so we'll see that. Uh, we've seen it in ourselves when we were younger. We see it in children. You know, kind of all over the place. But that's uh, And so this is important. And therefore, if you look at that section on definitions, uh, we're going to go through a few definitions here. I'm going to skip over the first one. first one on the adult sheets says statement of faith. Uh, but the next one, uh, we're going to get some help on it. So uh, in, in just a moment, we're going to get uh, get a crew that's going to come up front and help us with this. Hopefully. Okay, so far, what do we see? What is... A good question. And a question mark. <laughs> Ooh, we're missing one letter. What is a creed? Alright. Okay, thank you guys. There's the question. What is a creed? And now they're all going to, in, in, in unison, tell us what a creed is. No, we're going to have to do that ourselves. Okay, thank you guys. What is a creed? It's a strange word, right? Creed. Many people hear it and they run the other direction. Nowadays, uh, what, what, is a, what is a creed? I've got a, kind of a pat answer here, but uh, does anybody want to give that a shot? I mean, just in general, a creed. And you can see we're, we're going to contrast it with confession, with catechism, and even with statement of faith. But uh, what, let's start off with the examples. What's the number one example that we all know of creeds? Apostles' Creed. The kids, kids have that in their sheet. Uh, so I believe in God the Father Almighty. I believe. In Jesus Christ, actually this sheet doesn't say that, uh, just and, and in Jesus Christ, but then I believe in the Holy Spirit. Uh, it, it, it states out of Scripture that which we hold to be true. Uh, anything else? Characteristics of a creed? It's a declaration. Okay. Okay, a declaration. It's saying, I, I do believe we're declaring, we're proclaiming in a way to the world. That's exactly right. Uh, other characteristics? Is it, what? Is it sort of a summary? Yeah. Yeah, and it is. It really is a summary. It's a declaration, but at the same time, it's a it's a summary, but not just any summary. And it's different from this summary. This is a summary too, but it's short. Is that the characteristic? It it's it's covering, uh, you might say, the the key fundamentals. Uh, it's covering uh, the the fundamental principles of of Christianity, the the, the very fundamental principles. And if we think about what the creeds are, for the most part, this is not entirely, but for the most part, 
Number one, they're the ones that came uh, out of the early years of the church, right? And so we do have the Apostles' Creed. Anybody know another creed? Nicene. Okay, Nicene. One more? Athanasian. I know that was on everybody's tongue to say it, but the Athanasian Creed. And and there are a couple more, but but really, uh, these are the key ones that we often think about as being creeds. Uh, Turn somewhere else in your Bibles. Turn to Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Now, you may not think in these terms, but uh, it is true. There are creeds in the Bible. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6. Can somebody else here, uh, maybe a couple of people, I don't know, Joe, can you turn there to uh, um, 1 Corinthians 15? I think I've got Well, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 to 5. You can turn there while we're talking about uh, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. If you look at verse 4, this... May sound somewhat familiar to you. I can guarantee you, if you're around Jews today, or especially over the history of uh, of, of the Jewish faith, especially the Old Testament, but uh, but today as well, um, if you said these words in their presence, if you turn to this passage, they immediately, from memory, they would repeat that to you, and with a great sense of reverence uh, as well. Uh, uh, somebody read it, uh, Jim. You got it. Okay. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And, and read the next verse to. Yeah. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Thank you. Uh, Jim's got that deep voice that really gives this, uh, you know, the creedal authority there. But uh, uh, <laughs> hear, O Israel, and they would say this again and again. It's called the, the Shema. Uh, that first word here in Hebrew is Shema. Uh, but hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. And of course, this is repeated. Jesus repeats it a couple of times in the, in the New Testament as well. But that's a creed. It really is. It's something that's repeated over and over. And where was it primarily used, or especially used, uh, I don't know if you know this, but especially in, in worship. Uh, so when the people would gather together, or on their own, different times, worshiping the Lord in worship. Think about when we use the Apostles' Creed primarily. When is it? It's especially in worship. And that's true with creeds, that they are this proclamation of our faith. Okay, the next one. Ah, we've got something different. Wait. <laughs> so, so might want to read this. What is a? There we go. We got it. Yes. Thank you. Confession. And there's a question mark. <laughs> All right. So, what is a confession? A longer word, certainly. Thank you, guys. Uh, what is a confession? Is it the same thing as a creed? Uh, from what we talked about with confession, that there are a couple of characteristics you can probably write off uh, get. So, what do you think? What's a confession characteristic? A truth. A truth? Thank you. Yes, it's it's what we what we hold to be a truth uh, through and through about the Bible. The truth. Uh, what what is? It's longer. It's longer. 
And actually, that's, that's a key. That's really important. It, it is longer, and it's substantially longer. That's, that's really why we have uh, a confession, uh, is because there is a sense, as you go through the whole Bible, there are those fundamental lessons. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, the, the one way of salvation that we've got to know, and it's in the creeds. Uh, but beyond that, are there are there key doctrines that we need to know? We need to understand things about even even things that we may not think of uh, necessarily as as key. Uh, some of the things that we looked at earlier. What about breaking salvation down? What is justification? Is that important? That's actually what the whole Reformation really was about. Uh, was justification uh, and then uh, you know sanctification as well. What does it mean to be adopted? What does that really mean to be adopted into the family? What about church? Is it important to know what the church is? Yes. Many would say, oh, that's, no, that's a, that's a key doctrine, but uh, we're not really going to find that in the creeds. Uh, we're going to find something often mentioned as universal. Uh, you know, something like that. Catholic, that means universal, by the way. Um, uh, but uh, there, there are other doctrines as we go through that are needed. Uh, and so here's a question. This is one of the characteristics of it. How do we mainly use this? Uh, that may be hard to answer, but what are some ways in which we use confessions? Primary ways. Well, you know, if you... Um, A confession gives you the why and the information about where and, and the background and the basis so that you have a foundation for what you believe. You just right. don't say, I believe this, yes. but you can't use the scripture to back it up. That's right. The confession gives you the scripture that shows you what you believe and why you believe it. Okay, good. And so... So it does go in, in greater depth. It gives the supporting uh, connection uh, material as you go through. It uh, helps us with, with uh, more of a, a thorough understanding of the church. You know, what it is not just a few words. We need more uh, to, to say this is what we believe uh, about the church. This is what it is. Uh, yeah, Garth. Um, this might sound a bit counterintuitive, but it actually... Um, it's a it's a good background to understand as we're reading through the scriptures, because uh, the the confession and again the authority of the scripture and what the confession is doing is uh, seeking to teach exactly what the scripture teaches, but give you a whole overview of what the whole scripture teaches on all of these important things. And so as we're reading little parts, we'll get the context within the whole Bible. So like if I say the thing is yellow. Unless you have context, that's not going to be easy to understand. That's you know, because what are you my thing? You know, what's yellow? What color? Are you? Um, but if you have the context, then it can make sense. And as we're reading parts of the Bible, we want to have an overview of the whole context of the Bible to be able to understand what we're reading. That's that's right. Like you can imagine, you, you begin reading through the Bible and you get to uh, chapter two, the end of chapter two, and you you read. Uh, you know, what, what God has put together that no one put us under and, and, and you read about Adam and Eve joined together and you, you remember in your mind somewhere, well that's, that use the word, that's about marriage. But you want to know what does the Bible say about marriage? Well, you turn to the section 
here on marriage. And same with the church. Same with creation. Same with God's providence. Uh, yeah, Jim. Yeah, I, I think it's critically important not just to know what the Bible says, as important as that is, but it's mm. very, very important to know what the Bible means when it says what it says. So the confession can be very, very helpful in teaching us not only what the Bible says, but what it means, uh, so that we can actually understand the text. So very clarity. There are many people yeah. who, who may know verses in the Bible, but they really do not have an understanding of what those verses mean and how they apply to our lives. That's so so yeah. the confession can be extremely helpful. Yeah, yeah in, in rooting us, make, bringing things out, making them clear, a clear understanding. It provides also, the, along the same lines, the terminology that we need uh, in order to express these things. Uh, we don't want to be, uh, like we read in Ephesians chapter 4, uh, you know, uh, going back and forth, uh, kind of like children, but we need to be maturing, and that requires a vocabulary, right? And so we need that vocabulary uh, that we find in, in Scripture to see and to understand so that, and, and every child here knows, and every one of us know that as we grow older, your vocabulary uh, increases because you're, you're connecting more things, you're putting them together, and the confession helps. Uh, with with that through and through, a uh, um, couple more things covers far more ground than a creed. Uh, it's often used, and we'll talk about this more. But used for accountability when it comes to leaders, especially within the church. Uh, that that's that's really important. Accountability because all of us are fallible, and uh, and we can all shift and change. God doesn't change; we change. <laughs> And, and so over, let's say, two years of the church, and a couple of years ago, you may have heard uh, the preaching here at Providence. There was one thing being taught, uh, maybe it's about creation, or maybe it's about some aspect of salvation. And then a couple of years later, you're listening, there's something different there. <laughs> uh, and and you, you start wondering, well, the confession ties us and, and holds us accountable. Uh, if we differ from it, we just leaders generally just have to express what are those differences and write them down uh, so that it's known uh, to, to anyone. So, you know, all, all of these things. And, and the number one thing, I think, the number one use, really, we do use it in, uh, in our service. We use it for worship. We state what we believe out of it. But the number one use, and, and this is part of that, is for teaching. It's what we're doing here uh, today that we might learn uh, these things. So... Uh, uh, one more there. Catechism. What? Well, Caroline, you turn a sheet the other direction. There you go. Uh, wonderful. What is a catechism? Fantastic. What is a catechism? All right, let's, let's give it. Give it, give it hand. Thank you, guys. Thank you. What is it? What is a catechism? Um, this is none of those words that's uh, a bit strange. Uh, used to, it wasn't strange to hear about catechesis. What's catechesis? It's the process of teaching, right? Using a catechism, right? Um, but uh, today, uh, you don't hear that uh, so much. 
so what are characteristics of the catechism? Some of them are pretty valuable. Question and answer. Thank you. That's the number one thing. Question and answer. Now, why? Uh, why would it be question and answer? Sarah. It's because it's Thank you. That's a key, isn't it? Just like that, right? It's you get it here and you get it here, right? You get it memorized. Thank you. That's a great point. And you know who really needs to hear that? I think even more than than you, sir, the adults here. That catechisms are excellent for memorization. <laughs> they really are, and they take they take the things we're talking about here, the uh, the confession. They take that material through and through. And put it in bite-sized pieces. The shorter catechism, wonderful tool to go through. And and every one of us is going to say, "I'm terrible at memorization." But I tell you, if you if you go again and again and again, well, some of the kids here know this. You repeat it again and again, and you can even use songs. There there's songs that uh, anyway. So uh, Sarah's exactly right. Really good for catechism uh, for uh, uh, for memorization. Uh, also, really good for uh, uh, teaching generationally catechisms, and, and that's that's really where it's used. Uh, it'd be great if we had like um, if you read some of the older uh, texts and read about you know churches that were in a certain province, and uh, so it was geographic, like like many Baptist churches here. And, and the, the pastor would go around house to house within that province and uh, would bring out the catechism and ask the questions and, and the answers would come back and he'd, he'd use it to teach. And that would be a great thing to, to, to do. Uh, and it's a wonderful thing for parents to do with children, uh, but also uh, just uh, among husband and wife together would be a wonderful way to... to uh, it, it, it lends itself to teaching you converts as well. Uh, very well because you're walking through the key doctrines of, uh, of salvation. Uh, anything else about catechisms? Any other characteristics? It's, as you're learning, it's important to know what all those words mean. Okay, yeah. good. You hear some funny stories about kids who and, talk about something different. And you don't just mean the thus and the thou. Right? But uh, no, uh, it, it, it really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we go through time, uh, many of us growing up, we, we do do that with certain words. We think it means something totally different. And, uh, yeah, so you learn learn vocabulary. That's good. So just in general, the three C's, creeds, confessions, catechisms, uh, they, they do a lot for us. They remind us of a number of things. One, really important, they remind us that we're not alone, uh, that through time, God doesn't change. Uh our, our own hearts don't change. We change, but our own hearts don't change. And so the same uh, the same uh, catechism that was used back in the 1600s uh, within the churches is extremely valuable for us today. Yes, it's been you know 400 years, but uh, it's it's very much needed. Uh, the same creeds that were used to, almost 2,000 years ago uh, are, are are needed by us today. God doesn't change. Our, our own hearts don't change. Uh, and it also, they also remind us that we don't just read the Bible as individuals, but we read the Bible as a connected community, not just here connected with other churches around us, uh, but throughout 
history as well. Uh, we need to read it in that way. There's tremendous value. And this is one of the things I haven't even mentioned, I haven't even touched upon, but tremendous value in what the church has done with the Bible over the time of the church and coming to a greater and greater understanding of what God is doing, what He, he means. I mean, one, we've got the advantage of knowing it's been 2,000 years since, uh, since Christ walked upon the earth. And we know that He's going to return. We know to, to look for that. We know that's key. We should be ready at every moment. Uh, but there's this wealth of time, and so the church is important in that 2,000 years. Uh, and so history, church history, that, that becomes important to us. And it's, uh, these three C's that help us to remember that. Uh, one more thing I want to mention, statement of faith. Um, everybody see them? Uh, maybe ten. Uh, many of us have been part of a church, and, and uh, we, we use the statement of faith, uh, or we were taught from it. Uh, ten items, twelve items, usually will fit on uh, on one sheet of paper. Um, uh, and, and very straightforward items covering the key doctrines. So it, in a sense, you might think, well, this is like a creed, because it covers the very key uh, doctrines. But how is it different from a creed? Uh, statements of faith are, are not typically used in, in worship. Uh, they're not uh, for that purpose. And it may be a profession of what is believed by that body, uh, but it doesn't go very far. And I'll tell you, this is one of the things that I personally, I, being in a church, I became very troubled with. I, and, and I didn't know the solution at the time. I didn't know about uh, confessions. I didn't know what the church had done over time. I didn't know a lot about church history. Uh, but I, I was troubled by it because one of the reasons I was troubled, I was teaching in a, uh, in a Sunday school class. And uh, I was teaching through the book of Romans, but I was teaching with another man through the book of Romans, a wonderful man, but he believed very differently. I, I didn't even know it, but he believed very differently from me in, in a certain area. He was an Armenian, you know what that is? Uh, and and I, I have come to convictions that, uh, that God is sovereign over all things and uh, that this is what Scripture teaches, but he didn't believe that. Uh, and so going through the book of Romans and teaching he, if, if, if you know those two things, and we'll talk about it as we go through the confession, but it was very confusing for the people who were being taught. Because they were one week they were hearing one thing, the next week we can only imagine the book of Romans. Uh, something very different. And yet, the church, we both held uh, very well to, to the statement of faith, which covered those key ten items, but but I'll tell you, it hurt. It hurt the church. I can only... It, it, and, it hurts a church when there's not a greater depth and you don't see the Bible as through and through. This is one uh, Bible. And so we don't take part of it and just kind of set it aside. Now, I'm not saying that to, to um, cast uh, negativity on our brothers and sisters in the faith who, who have a statement of faith. I'm, I'm just trying to draw out that uh, confessions are very helpful. Uh, they they provide us with a tremendous wealth, and uh, and you're connected with the history of the church, and uh, so so they're a good thing, uh, you know, good for us to use. They lend themselves to what we read in uh, Ephesians chapter four to the maturity of the uh, of the church, uh, maturing together. David, can I ask? Yes, please. So, uh, like in the crisis pregnancy center, we have yes. a 
faith. Thank you. Because yes. we're, we're a non-denominational organization, but ministering to women and children and men um, with the essentials. Is, is that um, a legitimate statement to say it's the essentials? Absolutely. In, in fact, what I had down here to, to say was that the use that I see extremely valuable is with what we might call parachurch organizations. Uh, a parachurch organization is serving for a particular purpose, you know, uh, that, that to help those with, with pregnancies. And uh, we've got the issue of abortion, to, to deal with that in a certain way. And yet to connect to make that statement that this is, we're people of faith, this is what we believe, this is what we hold to be true. And so in that case, I, I personally see them as being, that's the primary use, or it should be the primary use of confession. It's when within the church that, that they're used for a particular church, and this is done throughout, I mean, it's done a whole lot. Uh, it can be uh, you know, problematic or, or, or hurt the uh, maturing of the church. So it's, it's helpful to have the, the confession within our denomination, but we also recognize that there's a broader fellowship with people in other churches. Like even even our church is part of May Park, the, you know, the big umbrella. And, and so there are people that, that have, you know, some reformed churches that have slightly different, you know, different understandings of how presbytery works. And so we, you know, even though they don't hold to everything in the Westminster Confession, we still recognize a broader fellowship. But I think it's the same kind of thing with the Parachurch. It's important to have a statement of faith because you don't want somebody, you know, <clears throat> believes whatever. Yeah. Um, but also to recognize that uh, not every Christian agrees with us on every single detail of what we believe. And also, you're able to say with it, with within the organization that listen, you know, this this is what we hold to. This is what we believe. You're clearly outside of that, and and you know, we're just going to have to tell you either. But we're not going to be able to work together with you. We're not going to be able to receive funds from you or whatever it is. And so I think it's very valuable. And we, we just use it specifically for our volunteers. And yeah. we said that we just want to donate um, to not obviously with our clients because our clients we want right. to share right. with us. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like critical for our volunteers. Volunteers and organizations. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's, thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. It's. Uh, it's Really helpful, and I, you know, I think that is the place where they should be used. Um, I, that's my help for there. That was probably for her to hear to go, which is good. That's what I need. So, so thank you. Um, so. What, uh, and I, I'll just, uh, just in a couple of words, you can, you can look at the rest of this. Next week, we're going to start on, uh, on number three down there, historical and theological context, uh, in which the Westminster Confession of Faith was written. And you'll notice if you get the, the, the kids sheet, uh, you'll notice as you go through, you get, you know, we're going to talk about King Henry VIII. You get a nice picture of King Henry VIII. And then, uh, uh King James the first. Uh, as well, and King Charles uh, as well, and, and some other things there. So, in fact, uh, yeah, the English Civil War. Uh, so you, you may want to get one of these <laughs> next time. They, they really are uh, helpful to work through. I should have pictures for us, uh, for all of us going through. Um, but that's where we'll start back. Uh, just a couple more things there. You'll notice Westminster Confession of Faith. 
helps us with fencing off heterodox and heretical positions. You may not have ever used that word before, heterodox. Uh, that's something that's between what we might call orthodox, or that which has been held by the church over all the centuries, uh, saying this is what is true, what the Bible is saying, that uh, you, you must believe in the Lord Jesus to be saved. Uh, orthodox, it's between that and heretical. Somewhere in the middle would be uh, heterodox. Well, the confession helps us with that. Helps us to understand those, you know, this is, this is where we, we lie, fences us off, uh, and gives amazing latitude in areas that scripture seems to give latitude. There are differences, uh, like, uh, Garth was saying, uh, between us and those whom we are very close with. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Reformed Baptist churches, uh, most, we are extremely close with, uh, and it, you go through the confession, we believe the same things. You might not think, except for one critical area. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but otherwise, yeah, so really but, good. Yeah, I, you know, this was something I had to understand, you know, when I was first coming to understand what these, you know, what all of this is about. But the, they don't say, we believe this because we're Baptists. They right. have a, a sincere conviction that this is what the Scripture teaches. That's right. And, you know, it's a non-essential, and they, they write out a confession that reflects that, which is the best that right. their denomination can do to, uh, to to teach what the Scripture teaches. And then, but, you know, and then we obviously are con convinced that this is what the Scripture teaches. And, and so we use the Westminster Confession, but we recognize that there's a broader fellowship there. 100%. And, and that's a good example with, uh, with, with Baptists, uh, because... Uh, they, 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 they do confess, just like we do, from a confession, a uh, Reformed Baptist. Uh, there is one main difference as you go through. It's amazing. The, well, they took, it's really the same confession and just uh, a couple of couple of differences there. But uh, really helpful. Um, it's a solid guide for reading and understanding of the Bible. If you get the kid's sheet, reading and understanding the Bible. Uh, it helps us, gives clear direction with fundamental doctrines that are... This is another one from the, the children's sheet that are difficult. Some of these doctrines are, these truths are difficult, not just to understand, but uh, and, they, and they can be in certain areas, but they're, they're difficult um, because they affect our lives and they affect our loved ones so much. And uh, they can be difficult because when we share them with others, we've got to be really careful uh, because they can... Hear us say things that, that, that they that immediately turn them away, and they're they're hearing uh, something and instead of hearing what they should be hearing, perhaps the gospel first, and coming to faith in in Christ, and and then learning more about the sovereignty of God, or you know some some other things that, that are really challenging. And so uh, this gives us clear direction on that, and it tells us in certain places these are difficult <laughs> to, to handle. These need to be handled carefully. Uh, so that's very helpful. Also provides us with a systematic organization of Scripture. Some of us here love, I'm going to talk about it in the uh, sermon today, but we love, you know, bullets and checklists and <laughs> things like a structure. Structure is good. Others of us know, you know, you look at, if you got a, a computer, you look at the desktop on the computer, you got documents all over the place and it drives someone crazy. But, uh, anyway, so, so we're different in that way, but this is a systematic uh, layout of, uh, of of scripture, which is very very helpful 
And then finally, for pastors, teachers, uh, leaders, articulate stocking on views. We've already talked about this. Very cool. Now Amy's going like this. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll reconvene next week, uh, number three there. Let me say a word of prayer. Father, we thank you uh, this morning for the good gifts that you've given us. Uh, it, it's clear that you care for us. You have revealed yourself in the ways that you have. Uh, yet at the same time, if we're honest with ourselves uh, and our own sin uh, and our uh, our ways at times, uh, we need great help. We need great help from you, from your word. Uh, we need great help from the body itself. Uh, thank you. Father, that you've provided for that. Help us, Lord, to help one another as we go through this uh, and open up your word uh, and systematically uh, walk our way through it. Grow us up, Lord, we pray. Uh, mature us uh, in Christ. Prepare our hearts now. I pray for worship uh, and help us to look to you with a right heart. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, thank you.